Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast on this fine Monday. And as always, joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada is our co-host and my brother, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how you doing tonight, friend? I'm doing all right. Getting good grades. Your future's so bright, you got to wear shades. In Vegas, absolutely. And joining us from Texas, you may know him from TikTok. You may know him as one of the co-hosts from the Hooch podcast. Hopefully our new friend of ours, Mr. Michael Harris. Michael, how are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm just enjoying, you know, this Texas weather right now, and uh, a lot of freedom's going on out here, so I'm having a good time. You know, it's funny you said that. I was thinking today, you know, we're having you on the podcast, and maybe if we produce a friendship out of here, we need to start the Free State Podcast, and we'll have different hosts on who live in free states who have the ability to enjoy the freedoms that are still being allowed to us by our governors, if you will. Yes. Speaking hey, of... Down. You, you know where to reach me. Yeah. There you go. Speaking of which, have you guys been, uh, they're not talking much about it on the media. Have you guys been uh, hearing what Ontario's going ape shit right now? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I've been following in mainly through a lot of TikTokers, and uh, I, I have no idea what's going on for some reason. They're, or they're saying that it's turning into a police state. There's other rumors of China being in uh, Canada. So it's really hard to figure out or decipher what, you know, what's really going on. There. Well, what doesn't help is apparently... Um, for the, those of you guys who don't know, they're whatever the political equivalent to their governor is in Ontario. They're stating, they're estimating that their COVID spike may hit 2000 in May. From what? I don't know. I don't know. A second strain or whatever. Some reason they believe that their COVID is going to spike to 2000 hospital beds in May and say so they've in, initiated a lockdown. Not only but is there they're a, also uh, hold on. I didn't want to cut you off, but there are also new projections published by the advisory group on Friday showed new cases rising above 10,000 a day. And so they're on a new lockdown, but not only are they on a lockdown, like, you know, here in the States, we had lockdown. California has been locked down, but yeah, how'd that work? it's getting, well, here's the thing. Ontario has gone further off the deep end. If you leave your house, the cops will pull you over and interrogate you and ask you where you're going. And then they will deem themselves if what you're doing and where you're going is necessary and if it's not they will i'm sure either find you and or arrest you but there's like video clips of downtown ontario where there's like 20 or 30 people going through the streets and just all these cops and right shields all over the place like body checking them in the walls and taking them down and arresting them but what makes things worse and if you're into the conspiracy side some point today um the three major cell phone carriers in that area all lost service and mm-hmm. so they're like, wait a minute, are you guys taking our service down so we don't talk about this online? But according to Global News, uh, Canada, Rogers Wireless Server starting to return to normal after mass outages, company says. Telecom giant Rogers says wireless calls, SMS, and data services are starting to return to normal for its customers after mass outage, which lasted several hours on Monday. Quote, it will take several more hours for all customers to re- in the region to return to full service. A tweet from the company said, quote, we will continue to work around the clock with our new partners, Ericsson, until that happens. Earlier on Monday, the company said recent software updates is to blame for the service interruption. That's convenient. It's possible, yeah. but 
I mean, it's it's really weird how all of a sudden all these conspiracy theories, what people like to call conspiracy theories, I call it the truth. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, cell phone towers are going down, people are losing services, and, and they're losing all this stuff, and then they have their lockdowns, they have police running through the streets, you know, policing people up, asking them for their papers, pretty much. Uh, are you your papers? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. To the point where one... Um, concerned Canadian citizen and a group of friends went to their side of the um, Niagara Falls and set up a Canadian flag upside down at night, shine their headlights on it so that we here on our, our coast could see it. So, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Well, that, not to sound like a crazy guy, but I will. Okay. If they had the two way type situation there, would they be able to lock it down? I don't know, but what I what I meant to say is this Rogers communication is supposed to be their their giant, and they're blaming it on a software rollout. One of two things: one, if you're a giant, how many towers do you have? How many servers do you have as an IT guy? And two, instead of doing a mass rollout, someone's head should be on a block. Shouldn't you maybe update one piece of equipment, see if it fails, and once that equipment survives then roll it out why would you roll out a software update to your entire nationwide network or your region-wide network to the fact that you're risking you have no redundancy what it guy is going to update equipment and also update their redundant equipment as well that's insane and short-sighted <laughs> and the chihuahua feels the same way yeah so you know i i think you know canada may or may not be a test you know, uh, you know, because it's North America, of course, they're not really worried about the South too much. The South, you know, if they really want to take over, you know, Mexico and all that stuff by shutting them down. That'd be very easy to do. Mm-hmm. So they have to figure out, you know, uh, another country or another part of our continent that has a better infrastructure. So if we can, if we can shut Canada down. How hard would it be to start in the north and work our way down and start shutting down America slowly? Yeah, it's slippery slope. 100%. It's crazy. Your dogs are angry. <laughs> so, Michael, give us a little background on you. Um, I know you served in the Army, correct? Yes, yeah, so I served in the Army. I joined in 1995. I retired in 19, uh, 2016. Uh, I did little, I was pretty close to doing 22 years. I got out in uh, my Last time, my last day in the military, July 1st, 2016. I was an instrument, you know, four deployments, three to Iraq, one Afghanistan, one considered Kosovo deployment. I was there also. Uh, and it was the best time of my life. Then after that, I got out, got out in 2016, joined the Sheriff's Department here in uh, Travis County, worked for the Sheriff's Department for about five years. I just recently left the Sheriff's Department. Now I'm selling CBD oil. Well, I want to get to the CBD oil in a minute, and I want to um, get to something you guys were talking on in your last episode of the Hooch Podcast, which I thought was pretty cool we can extend, which is um, some people wanting to lower the voting age to 16, and also the fact that you said you did your last tour as an infantryman at the age of 38, which is insane. But real quick, um, because you brought up as being a uh, someone who was a law enforcement officer as well, I did a TikTok earlier today. It was an unofficial survey. Um, Minneapolis uh, City Council has decided that they're going to fund a new, um, not 
police force, not even a branch of the police. It will have to have some legalities with the police, but they want to make an unarmed traffic, um, let's just say traffic enforcement unit, if you will. As someone who served in law enforcement, I don't know. I'm just going to go based off the information I know and stories I've heard. Next to domestic violence calls, wouldn't you say one of the more dangerous things as a police officer is traffic stops and walking up to someone's car? Yes. And, and, you know, and that is very dangerous. And one thing I could say about when you have citizen policing, which is which they're pushing for in Minneapolis with Elon Omar and uh, Talib, we're both pushing for that. And uh, at some point, it, it starts to get corrupt. So if you have citizens out there policing and doing traffic stops, the same thing happens in Mexico when you drive down. If you drive down south and you drive your car and you get pulled over, they won't give you a ticket. If you give him what money? See, Gordon, so you, Gordon and I yeah. both just did that symbol because he lives in Vegas and I lived in California for three years. And once you live in those states, people who grew up in those states and who have made that vacation trip down to Tijuana or wherever, that's what they tell you. They just say, take a load of cash. If you get pulled over, just pay it off. Yep, pay it off. So, And I, and I think that's what would end up happening. You know, and, and it would be kind of become, you know, districts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more power you give these citizen police, you know, the more they're going to take. So they're going to be like, you couldn't probably drive out your neighborhood at that point. Yeah. Like, hey, where are you going? In order to leave your neighborhood, you need to pay a fine. We're protecting you, but you need to pay us in some way, shape, or form. Because they're not going to do it for free. And how would you they know? vet them out, you know? Yeah. I could just see some criminal-minded people deciding to jump on the force. It's funny, you said citizen police, and I flash back to... Police academy, citizens, citizens on police patrol. Police academy, citizens on patrol, yes. Just imagine, you know, you're, you're driving, we have citizen police, or wherever you, you know, Vegas, or California, Florida, and you're driving out your neighborhood, and some guy in a freaking Dodge pickup with lights pulls you over. And in your mind, you're thinking it's a cop. But it's not a cop. This cop is only this one. It's a citizen officer. And he can say, hey, uh, I saw you speeding. Oh, I wasn't speeding. Well, in order, you're going to have to pay me some money to keep me from, you know, doing whatever. So that's a very slippery slope. And though you do get it in normal policing, you know, policing through profit, it would be on a whole different level at that. I want to play the devil's advocate here and just play the other side. Um, I'm sure somebody could propose the argument. Well, if you're someone who's getting pulled over and you know that the person who's pulling you over only has the authority to write you a citation and there's no risk of you being arrested, maybe they won't have the um, preconceived notion, paranoia, or the um, instinct to just spontaneously act up or to be violent. But what if they, uh, they decide to just step on the accelerator, keep on going. You know, when I, when I heard it, I, I, you were talking about citizens on patrol. The thing I think by hearing Cape Coral is we have oftentimes the retired police officers and the other times are just retirees. We have the Cape Coral voice patrol and they drive around in Fords and they have Amber and green lights on the top. And basically what they do is if there's an accident, they'll pull out the cones and they'll do traffic um, traffic control. Or if there's a DUI checkpoint up, set up, they kind of sit there as witnesses for court. So when I'm hearing about the the traffic uh, czars of Minneapolis, I'm thinking of these guys driving around these little wannabe police cars with the amber and green light on top of it. 
Well, I, and it makes me go back to that one guy who's gotten in trouble in Florida who ran this uh, funeral escort service scam and pretended he's a cop. I think his light colors were like a, 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 a amber and purple. <laughs> I'm Metro, sorry. I think Metro State was the name of the company. And he just screaming at drivers. He ended up pulling over a guy who was actually a cop from out of town on vacation. And this dude, man, he I'm, he's lucky he didn't get and bigger trouble uh, f- physically from somebody. You know? I, I don't know if it's because I'm double fisting a Miller Lite and some Larceny bourbon, but when you, when you said funeral escort, I thought you meant he was hosting funerals and pimping up prostitutes. Like what kind, of, what kind of service is that? Funeral and escort service. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say about like policing I think police need to focus more on neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, 100%. Instead of, you know, full city blocks. Hey, this is your area. This is what you focus on. You get to know the people. You get to know their names. You go door to door and introduce yourself. So whenever you come in to this area, they would know. You know, they would know exactly who you are. Yeah, 100%. Real quick while he's getting after his dogs. One of the things I was thinking, um, one of the benefits to doing this sort of thing. Um, sorry, I, I muted him. I just hit ask to unmute. Uh, one of the benefits to doing this sort of thing is one of the biggest complaints people have about um, law enforcement is the fact that oftentimes they seem to focus more on wanting to write tickets opposed to doing quote unquote police work. Like I know down here in Florida, um, and Michael, you'll have to unmute yourself. I muted you momentarily, but you'll have to click unmute. Ask to unmute. Yeah, there you go. But anyhow, um, one of the benefits of this would be the fact that you would have police officers more available to investigate things and, and spend more time on fighting uh, civil issues opposed to how many officers do you see on a day sitting behind a bush, sitting behind a sign, waiting to write what I call fundraising tickets. So that definitely would be beneficial there. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's on the counter behind you. <laughs> <laughs> your dog's on your counter up behind your. Uh... That's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was watching your TikToks today. What the hell were you making? That steak and shrimp. You're a foodie and a, a cook too. What don't you do? Oh, man, I do it all, man. So I, I and I'm gonna get back to your your other question about one but I my when I was young, my grandparents. Okay. So I was very young, and out of five boys that lived in the house, my uncles and my brothers, I was the only one who was really involved in the cooking stuff. Okay. You know? So I learned at a very young age. I'm not school trained yet, but uh, I learned everything just from working in the restaurant, and I just learned how to, I don't know, it just comes natural, like somebody can draw or paint. So that was a steak and shrimp. That was a filet uh, mignon with garlic shrimp on top, mm. uh, with asparagus wrapped in mozzarella with bruschetta. Uh, mm. uh, that was one of my last And then my eggs benedict. Uh, I'm a really big breakfast guy. 
all of it looks super damn good. Real quick, we're gonna hey. take a uh, like a third uh, sixty second break. We're gonna do the TikTok lesson of the week. I got a good one this week. Um, last few of them have been kind of political. This one we're gonna bring the last back. So hold tight for this week's TikTok lesson of the week. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. If you identify as a man, please touch this video and tell me a joke that is not at the expense of other people's feelings. I was walking in my neighborhood the other day and I came across a crowbar. I'd never seen so many drunk birds in my life. Then my friend turned to me and asked, is the aurora borealis heavy? I said, no, it's pretty light. The worst thing about an apple addiction is you can't see a doctor about it. I went to a party dressed in flags, it was a semi-formal. My town is famous for this well-known cartographer. He really put us on the map. They say it's the American dream to make your own money. But then we imprison counterfeiters, so what message are we really sending? Fun fact, both colanders and calendars can be used to organize dates. How can you tell that a guy eating a banana is gay? He's eating it with his boyfriend. And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Every once in a while, there's a gym that just comes across my timeline. It was a whole slew of dad jokes. Right <laughs> yeah, they, they started out weak, but they got better. I like the calendar one and the calendar. They both can be used to organize dates. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I, didn't I, I was thinking eat the banana sideways, but eat it with your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, eat it with your boyfriend. <laughs> I was like, eat it sideways. That's why I did this. I was like, eat it sideways. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Um, uh-huh. I'm just going to come out with it and just say it. How much shit do you get for being an openly conservative black man on TikTok? Oh, man. So I started off to rewind a little bit. So I started off just like killing him with kindness with my little dance, my little. So I started off doing that. Then it got to the point where it started to get overwhelming and I just started deleting it. But I get a lot of, I get a lot of hate, man. I got called a moon cricket. I don't even know what a moon cricket is. And somebody was like, that's like an old school term from back in like the 19-something. I, like, I saw another African-American mention that phrase in a comment, and he went and researched it. Apparently, hold on, we got we to gotta drop for that. Apparently, that goes back to little shortly post-slave days. And apparently, it's references to um, slaves that would go out, and uh, when they would get together at night, they would sing in the moonlight. And much like oh, crickets okay. were chirp at night, that's where the whole racist terminology comes from. Because he looked it up too. He's like, "What the hell is a fucking moon cricket?" Yeah, I, yeah, I know. So I did my little dance, and I was like, "I prefer Uncle Tom." <laughs> <laughs> so I use it. So what I do, I use it to hate, like all those hateful terms, or whatever. Can I say that on here? Yeah, you say whatever you want. We have the coons, the Uncle Tom, the moon crickets. I kind of reverse it to where I make fun of it making fun of myself to where they can't even come back within right now. So, sure. You know? It's just, I don't know, it just, it's so crazy how someone's political views can erase their race or their sexuality. Like, I'm sure you know who conservative Ant is. He just recently moved down here to Fort Myers, openly gay, huge Trump fan. And basically, because of the fact that he was, is a Trump fan or openly conservative, his sexuality no longer matters. Whereas in that community, if he was a Biden supporter, then it would matter. And it's just so crazy that 
the group that claims to be the big tent, we love everybody. Well, they only love you as long as you think the way they do. And well, they're yeah. segregating. They're actually creating more segregation. And that's what's disgusting. To me, people's people. I don't care where you come from, what you do. You could be a great person or you could be a jerk, you know, and, and it just seems, God, it just, it's awful. It's all three of us are in our forties. I don't even know what to think. It, it, it's insane. All three of us are in our forties, correct? Yeah. Um, I was at WrestleMania last weekend, uh, maybe the weekend before, and I was with a friend of mine who invited me and we we're talking to some people and one of them was a younger chick and her uh, mother and we had this conversation. And the mother said that, you know, her generation's learning from the younger generations. And me and my buddy Brad said, well, here's the thing. Us 40-year-olds, we were raised not to see race, right? That's the, how do you fight racism? How do you kill racism? You don't judge people on a race, like Martin Luther King said. There is no race. But now, if you don't see someone's race and don't judge and acknowledge their race and the struggles they're within, which there can be some arguments made for that, but... Now they're telling us if I don't see Michael's race, that makes me a racist. Yeah. But it's like, no. Me noticing Michael's race and not caring about it, just like Michael don't care about the fact that I like to eat asparagus on the weekends, it means he don't care. He doesn't judge about, you know, basically what I'm getting at, he puts as much, I put as much give a shit into his race as he gives a shit about my diet. Why care? It has nothing to do with anything, Right. But yep. nowadays, if by not him not caring or me not caring, that makes us, he's a, he's a foodiest, I guess, because he don't care about my asparagus intake. And the fact that I don't care about his race, that makes me a racist. And the fact that I'm straight white male makes it even worse. But we won't go down that, that rail. But you said it wrong. You're cis white male. Oh, yes. Cis white male. He's a proper pronoun. Yeah. But, you know, you know, what I always say is always the hyphenated people that, like, I call them hyphenated people that have a problem with anything. Yeah. Most people that just claim that they're Americans, and most, I think, majority of conservatives actually believe in that. Mm-hmm. That we're, we don't care. You can do whatever. And, and, and look at the difference in, let's go back to TikTok. Let's look at the difference between conservative TikTok and the high school TikTok. You know, most conservatives are out there. Yeah, we have some angry folks, but most of us are laughing, joking, you know, putting it out there. Most of these people are miserable. Jump on your page because they're miserable. You know, and they're just miserable people. Mm-hmm. You know, that old term, misery loves company. Absolutely. You know, if you're happy and they see that and you're not caring, they have to try to bring you down to the level. So we got to, you know, I say stop replying to them in anger, just reply to them in anger. You know, that's the best, that's the best way to get them off the page. When I was in high school, someone gave me a poster. It was one of those color by number, not paint by number, but color by po- number posters. It was real cool, kind of like a. Not really deadheady, but just kind of like a castle scene drag and all that. But in the envelope, she had cut out some things from some magazines. And she put something in there that just blew my mind and always stuck with me. And maybe now it would be considered offensive. But it said, nationalities will continue to try to outdo one another as long as we call them races. Fucking perfectly said. What more do you need? It's, It's... but now, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, uh, when this all started back when Trump first got elected, black versus white, you know, and then people BLM sprouts up and, and you know, everyone was pro 
pro pro black. Then you had this other race that said, "Hey, we need a piece of pie." So now we're going to bring the southern border in. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring the southern border in because more and more black people are waking up to the Democratic Party, and the people in charge know that. So they're like, "Oh, we're going to talk about the border." Oh man, more and more Latinos are opening up. You know, they're 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 figuring out the Democratic Party isn't what they say. Like, oh, now we're going to bring the Asians. Now we have this black on Asian crime going on, this black on Asian hate thing going on. And, you know, everything's just it's just bouncing around from race to race. But so if they, they add if they add more races, then we're going to get real close to All Lives Matter. Boom! Mind's blown, right? But all lives matter. But were you all against that? Wasn't that the siren song of the white racists? But what you're missing out on is they're not looking for more races; they're looking for more victims. They're looking for people to play the role of victims. One hundred percent, one absolutely, and and I agree with. And this kind of goes back to what I want to touch on. On, Step on their own dicks at some point in time. On the uh, recent episode of the Hooch Podcast, that's H O O C H. Um, you can find it on uh, Stitcher, Spotify, basically where all fine podcasts are found, as well as YouTube. I'm your co-host. Forgive me for not knowing his name off the top of my head. He presented the fact that you know why is there a cry or suggestion? Hey, let's lower the voting age to sixteen. And you brought up a good point, you know, hey, as far as you're concerned, as soon as you start paying taxes, you should have the ability to vote. But your co-host is like, I really don't understand what, what is their desire to do so. And I know, well, I can assume their desire, to, my theory on their desire to, uh, to do so, and this is something we've talked about on our podcast. Back in the 60s and 70s during the hippie age, their motto was never trust anybody under 30. Because once you're over 30, you have life experiences, you're ideals and your idealisms are cemented and it's harder to get people over 30 to change your mind. It's hard to indoctrinate them. Whereas because you gain wisdom, whereas 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, not mm-hmm. only do they not have life experience, but there is a natural human desire to rebel, right? Just like the stuff we're seeing, they're rebelling against their parents. You know, the, all the preppies and the yuppies in the eighties were rebelling against their parents who were the hippies. The hippies were rebelling against their parents who were the world war two generation. And so if you can and get we all listen to rage against the machine. And so when your party tends to get the, the mainstream media, the Hollywood, the hip hop community, the, the rock and roll community and all these and the sports, you know, let's be honest, all those groups tend to be at least they may be closeted Republican, but out in the open, they, they have to say they're liberal because otherwise they'll get blacklisted from their communities. But they tend to have the thumb on the the pulse of the kids they all the kids their lives revolve around pop culture right and so if you can get 16s and 17 year olds to vote now and those demographics have a natural indignation inclination to rebel and your party tends to get the people that they towards a rebel with then that's just more votes for them and that's why they want to do it because they're easier to manipulate they're easier to suggest what to do too and that's why and you when add, you, you add to it with the whole no id for voters right which is gotta really piss off especially you know some certain segments of the americas and now it's like so you're saying that we're unable to get an id <laughs> you know we're too stupid to go get an id and this when, isn't even i believe georgia's offering it for free I mean, come on. It's Well, it's see, this is old hat, crazy. though, because if we remember back, remember when Obama was in office and Arizona said, hey, we're going to start enforcing the federal voter laws and require um, voting. They were talking about how it's hard for Hispanic immigrants to get IDs 
and all that and how and uh, and meanwhile people in ohio and kentucky like do in our state once you're over 18 you have to id if you get pulled over and you're the passenger in the car you have to produce id for the police and so none of this is new and so they just keep recycling the same nonsense what's up morgan long og5 checking in john craft chris quentin all on uh facebook i was gonna say myspace (laughs) i wish they bring that back but you know i grew up in california and a requirement once i turned 16 i had to have a had to have a state id wasn't a driver's license just like california id ID. go over there you pay five bucks whatever it costs back then just a little id you know and you have identification this whole notion of what the left is trying to push like they never really say black people they do sometimes but they mostly say Mm minorities you know, can't go down the street and get an ID to their local DMV. You're pretty much saying they're too cheap to cash a check. Well, here, well how, how do you cash checks? How do you pay bills? How do you function? You know what? If you can't get an ID, I don't know if, I think it's more poor decision making. And I don't know if I wanted your decision to go on the books. And that may sound like an asshole way to think, but. No, it's not. I'm the same way every election season when it's like three days beforehand. Don't forget to go out and vote. No, don't vote. We've been talking about the candidates for six months. They've been on the TV. They've been on radio, every YouTube ad. If you don't know when election day is, when it's a week out, I don't want you to vote because you're a little ill-informed and you're just going to vote for the people who are on TV telling you to go vote. I don't, well, I don't know this name. Trick. I'm not down for the reminding people to go vote. If, you, if you're so under a rock that regardless of what form you get all your information from, whether it's internet, TV, you don't know there's an election coming up, you don't need to be voting. I'm sorry. Were you on meth for like the last six months, passed out in your bedroom? <laughs> Do you not have a cell phone that's blowing up every day with telemarketers? Real but quick. I wanted to make a point. Yeah, I go ahead. To make a point your generational thing. You know, when you talk about the different generations, the boomers and stuff. You know what generation that these Z's and these millennials never really messed with or talked about? Us. us. <laughs> generation X. Well, they just lump us in with boomers, right? <laughs> yeah, well, they throw us in with boomers because they don't want to, you know, they're, they're scared of Generation X. Yeah. A lot of stuff that they're enjoying, guess who created it? Who do you but think? Social media and all this technology that you guys like, it was the Generation X that created that stuff, or late millennials. Who do you think developing video games? Who do you think brought the online gaming community to where it is? We're the beta testers of Super Nintendo, Atari 2600, ColecoVision, etc., etc. And and they're intimidated by this because we're dangerous, man. We were raised by boomers, right? Mm -hmm. And we had that we had that older generation that taught us the old ways. And I think he froze up. Are you still there, Gordon? Yep, Michael has frozen up. Yep, Michael froze up on us. We're down to eight minutes. Too. Yeah, we're down to eight minutes. We'll see if he comes back online. But And not only that, but we're also the generation, and we've talked about this before, you know, we're the generation of question of authority, right? Oh, absolutely. And now the it's... The man was the government. Yeah, and now it's like, well, don't question authority. Do what they say. And I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast, and they were talking about the definition of fascism, and it's funny how Antifa claims to be anti-fascism when the root definition of the purest form of fascism is forced compliancy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Michael Harris has froze up. We're about out of time with him anyhow. Feel free to go check him out on the Hooch Podcast. As always, head over to d-410.com. We post every episode over there, including pertinent links. 
So we'll have a link to the Hooch podcast as well as Michael Harris's TikTok page. You guys can go follow him on there. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do a reset, and then we'll be back for the rest of the show. Thank you, John Craft, Morgan Long, Chris Quentin, and everybody joining us on YouTube. Thank you, Michael Harris. And Gordon and I will be right back momentarily. I just need to go into here, switch to here. We'll do the little test signal thing, and we will be right back. And we are back. Thank you once again to Michael Harris. Um, if you guys want to support the show and maybe allow us to not have 30-minute interviews because we're poor and can't afford Zoom Prime, you want to help us out, help us gather enough money to um, basically get Zoom Prime, head over to d-410.com, sign up for the Patreon link. It's a dollar a month. That dollar a month goes a long way. Not only does it help the podcast, it helps the YouTube channel, etc., etc. And, um, but yeah, it's, Michael's a very interesting cat and, um, he has some great TikToks. You guys definitely need to go out and follow him. You can find him at the bro kitchen guy, the B R O kitchen guy, follow him on TikTok. He's got some interesting stuff. Not all of it's political. Like I said, he shows some food videos. He works in a CBD shop. Um, he's got, if you're a, a military vet, check out his podcast. Him and his co-host are both military vets. It's the Hooch podcast. And that is over on, um, I listen to it on Google Podcasts and as well as Spotify. Now, one of the things we didn't get to talk too much about um, with my trip regarding to Tampa is I got to drive a BMW SUV. What? Yeah, apparently apparently there's a new thing out. Um, we're, we all know what Airbnb is, right? Uh, yeah, actually that's a bane of our existence out here, but... Well, uh, there's apparently another service where instead of renting out your home, you're renting out your car. That makes sense. I've been hearing that they've been making inroads on this for a couple of years now. Well, what what's some very um, smart and um, I don't know what phrase I want to use, um, endeavoring cats or um, intelligent cats are doing is they're actually going out and buying high-end used cars <laughs> and they're primarily using them for the service. And I guess in the case of like this BMW, people are making like ten grand a year, so they're buying used BMWs for like twenty grand, thirty grand, and they're renting them out, and making ten grand a year, so they're they're making money. But anyhow, so Brad came down here instead of going to a, an elite or a budget, he went to this service and they rented a BMW SUV. Now, I wonder how much of that is uh, the fact that I hear car rental companies hardly have any cars now and Hertz had cars and they're renting them and this is on a national thing two to three hundred dollars a day yeah speaking of TikToks I watched a TikTok of a guy who runs a used car lot and his lot was gone he said that uh, Amazon what's their their um, Carvana is, it called, is Amazon Carvana I don't believe so and I thought uh, they were originally anyhow but these Internet-based car lots are buying up all the used cars at all the used car auctions because right now people have COVID checks and income tax are coming in and people are spending money. And so he's basically saying inventory is not out there right now. So he's closing down. He's going to go on vacation for two months. And then after all the income tax checks go away and the COVID money slows down, Carvana and the like, they're going to have all this inventory they can't move. They're going to resell them at auction. It's going to flood mm -hmm. the market and the prices of used cars will come down and this guy can turn around and sell some cars. Well, um, our company built one of those vending machines. Oh, yeah? Which I, I jokingly said, I wonder how you tilt that when the car gets hung up like a bag of chips. I'm waiting for Family Guy to do that skit. It's mm -hmm. got to be in, in the works right now. Like the Leaning Tower of Pisa? 
just going up Peter shaking it or trying to do something. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. I'm looking online. I think it's the uh, the X5, but it was like a 2017 model. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we talked about this in the past, but you know, you and I have talked about how they've done research and they find it. You can have all the technology you want in cars. People want the analog dial on the on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Touchscreen yeah. all you want, but when it comes to volume and tuning, those are the two knobs that they want analog so they can adjust it to just Actually, right. I'm going to add to that. I also want my um, HVAC, my air and my heat on on knobs too. And and like Subaru's newer screens, they've gotten the Outbacks 11 inches, but everything is through the screen. Well, and that's kind of what I'm getting to is how much analog do you like and how much digital? Where is that happy point? Because this BMW, at least the 2017 BMW X5, was all digital. The turn signal... Had no click. Oh, no. That's that's a no-go for this guy. And not only did it not have the click, but since there was no click, that mecha- the mechanism wasn't there. So once you change lanes, you're responsible for clicking it back and turning the turn signal off, which drove me nuts. Nice car. It was a nice ride. i be honest with you. It drove a lot like my Volkswagen. Yeah. I, uh, I'm wondering if the technology may already be there when you're, it detects that you're on a road, especially with all the cameras and stuff now. And when you change lanes, it automatically uh, turns the signal on and turns it off. It, it probably will. Once again, this was a 2017 model, so it's a few years old. Um, the navigation, to type in the letters, you actually had to use a scroller, like a, a wheel on the console. Mm-hmm. It was very, very hard to use, not, not in-depth at all. The stick shift, it was digital. It wasn't tra- it wasn't an analog transmission, so it's not like you hit the button and reverse. You had to hit like the top button, tap it twice to get to the gear you wanted. When you wanted to put in park, you had to hit a button on top. It was all done digitally, and there was uh, I just didn't. There were just some little things about it, and once again, the radio there was no analog tuning or volume. It was all push button. Very nice. That's getting car. you closer and closer to getting used to a driver driverless car. It was a very nice car, yeah. but uh, the, just those little things, the the no clicking on the turn signal, the fact that the uh, the navigation to input the names was next to impossible to use. It, basically, I wanted to shoot, film a video because, brother, okay, I need to get to Raymond James Stadium. He's fighting. I just put out my Google Maps and I set my cell phone right on the screen of the car radio. So. Oh, I'm sure it had um, Android Auto. You could have plugged that right in. Um, it, it may have, but once again, it's a 2017 model. And I know because my Volkswagen, the Android Auto and the Apple Auto, they don't take, at least back then, because in my 2018, they take a proprietary plug that is almost like a serial plug on one end and USB on the other. So it's not like you can just plug your standard USB in there. Um, this one may have been different, but like in the Volkswagen, it takes a proprietary plug. You have to go on Amazon order for like five bucks. No, oh, dear God. But, uh, yeah, it was a nice car. It's just those little things. I, I want the analog feeling. I want the press the button, pull it in reverse, put it in neutral, whatever, put it in park. I need the, the, the physical stop and click on my turn signals, and I need the volume control and the tuning. Other than that, you can pretty much digitize everything else. Um. Well, like I want you, analog gauges, or at least even if it's digital, it's got to still have the sweep of analog. Yep. I have to have that, even though, because like in, in the Tacoma and even in the Forester, we we can put the digital gauge in the middle. Sometimes I have it on, but most of the times I don't. I, I like the analog gauges. I just to me the sweep helps you with the I don't know just the feeling of driving, right? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, because we don't want to take all of the the um, 
history and feeling of driving an automotive away. We want to keep some of it, right? Absolutely. You ready for the Netflix binge uh, movie of the week? Let's do it. We have a network throughout Asia and Western Europe. Which is how we are able to offer such attractive prices. See, this is what he does. He robs. Kills. What's wrong with us? Forges victims' passports. If this killer is not found, people are in danger. Asia's most notorious killer. He's the man known as the Serpent. It's the eight-part mini-docuseries originally created for the BBC. It is called The Serpent. According to Wikipedia, The Serpent is a crime drama serial developed by Mammoth Screen and commissioned by the BBC. The eight-part limited series is co-produced between BBC One and Netflix. It's based on the crimes of serial killer Charles Sabara. He's, um, his mom was Vietnamese. His dad was like Pakistani. So the name, it's S-O-B-H-R-A-J. Forgive me for killing that. But he murdered, listen to this time span. He murdered young Taurus between the years of 1975 up to 2000. Oh, dear God, he had a run. The series stars uh, Tahar Rajim um, in the leading role. Of the, check this out. The series was shot on location in Thailand until COVID-19 pandemic, which halted production for five months from March 2020. Filming was completed um, in England during, the August, during August 2020. It premiered on the BBC on New Year's Day 2021. All eight episodes were immediately made available on BBC iPlayer. The show began streaming on Netflix on April. I just finished it tonight. I don't want to give too much away, but basically it, going back to, I was born in 70, 73, 74. Remember how like the hippies got really big into uh, Buddha, Tibet and uh, free Tibet, man. Free and Tibet. hiking around the world. They yep. would stay at youth hostels and they're just going hiking. Well, this guy basically, he fancied himself as well. Actually it's, he was just a, a complete douchebag and criminal. He liked to steal jewels. He liked to pretend he was a jewel um, connoisseur and dealer. But basically his whole shtick was is him. He would uh, kind of manipulate people to work with him. Mm-hmm. And they would poison these hippies who were traveling around, kill them, take their traveler's checks, take their um, passports, put their photos on them, cash their traveler's checks, use their money, travel to different parts of the world, and buy jewels and then sell them. And this is how they finance their livelihood. Wow, that's pretty elaborate. Yeah, and the fact that it went up until 2003 is when the story pretty much came to an end. And the whole thing was basically cracked, if you will, by a Dutch embassy secretary. Because this stuff was going on for years, and then some Dutch uh, tourists went missing and then were found burnt up. So the unassuming secretary... Mail separate. Now it's not secretary as in answering phones, but the political secretary. He was basically oh. the assistant to the uh, ambassador of the Dutch embassy in Bangkok, Thailand, and it, he, him, and his wife kind of put this thing together. And uh, but it's an insane. If if your wife likes true crime and you like good shows, um, the fact that it's all shot on scene. They did some really cool shit where they would get some of the era footage of like Bangkok, Thailand of like eight millimeter and they would flick it through scene to scene. And then they would shoot the modern day stuff with the old cars, but put the same filter on it. And so you're watching original, you know, shots from Thailand and then it would just zoom, go widescreen and you're right in that today's episode. 
and it's a very good show. Um, the co-host in it who plays the wife is um, good to look at. Great acting, and the fact that they're all, you know, Europeans, it's people you've never seen before, but it's it's a great show, good acting. Each episode's about an hour long. There's only eight episodes, but go check out The Serpent, the TV series on Netflix. That is this week's Netflix binge-worthy TV show. A few weeks ago on YouTube, TikTok, and on this show, we put out a call for anybody who wants free decals to simply send us a a self-addressed envelope to our P.O. Box, which is Digital 410, 2710 Del Prado Boulevard South, Unit 2, Box 209, Cape Coral, Florida, 33907. Very cool. Happy to announce we got our first self-addressed envelope, which came with a postcard. You see who's on that postcard? Yeah, I believe that's out of Minnesota. That is correct. This is from MN George 77 from Minnesota. Now, he didn't put an indicator whether he got it from this podcast from TikTok or YouTube, but we don't care. Either way, I just printed up your um, stickers, George. We're going to send you vinyl cut digital 410 sticker. We're going to send you a, a vinyl cut what's in your head podcast sticker, a vinyl cut uh, what's the scuttlebutt sticker, and die cut full color white and blue digital 410 sticker like you see over here in the corner, as well as a green and white uh, military stenciled what's the scuttlebutt podcast sticker. That's a pretty hell of a good care package for all you have to do is write out an envelope, put a stamp on it, put another envelope inside of it with a stamp on it so I can send you some free cool stuff. So if you guys want some free cool stuff, all you got to do is send us an email. or And you you can send us the letter or you can email us at info at d-410.com and we will give you the address once again. So thank you, George. And um, I literally just cut your stickers before the show. I got to peel them and apply the heading on them. And all that. Gordon, are you ready for the news? Let's do the Or do news. you have anything else you want to cover before we get into the news? Well, I thought we were going to talk about chicken sandwiches. Oh, yes. Chicken sandwiches. I'm glad. And this is one of your other roles. You need to keep me on track. Like last week, I had a lot of stuff I want to talk about. But, you know, we kind of got into it pretty good. And and But the chicken sandwiches are evergreen. But there is a war in the... So a ship that got blocked the Suez Canal. But. <laughs> well, there apparently is a chicken sandwich war that... One would argue two years ago with the body count and the fact that people are getting shot over them that Popeye's chicken won the chicken sandwich war. But you believe, or at least for a long time, has held Wendy's in the highest regard of the chicken sandwich war. Yes. As of now, where would you put your money down on the chicken? Like if someone came to you and said, hey, today's spicy chicken sandwich day here at the office. Where is your preferred vendor? Where do you go to get your spicy chicken sandwich? You're going to shit a brick. You ready? Mm-hmm. Jack in the box. Jack in the crack? They're like the or, they're like the Taco Bell of hamburger joints. Well, and it, what wins it for me is the fact that I could get jalapeno poppers. On a stick? Not on a stick. In a box. Mm-hmm. Anyway... But I, I will, that being said, I, I actually am starting to come around to the Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. Although I'm not supposed to be eating any of this shit and I've fallen off my fucking way of eating. Vinny would be horrified. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to circle back around. Uh, Who are that. you, the press secretary for Joe Biden now? Circle back, girl? Circle back. Hey, so you can't even say circle back anymore. It's been ruined. Speaking of Wendy's, that chick looks a lot like the Wendy's girl, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. That's anti-ginger. We shouldn't go there. 
Wendy's is the latest chain to upgrade its chicken sandwich October 2020. Bullshit. And we'll get to that momentarily. <laughs> Go ahead. So my leading contender for a while, I, I hopped on the Popeye's chicken sandwich bandwagon, but there's a new leader in the le- in the in the clubhouse. And and once again, this isn't a spicy chicken, but we can go down the chicken realm because the only difference is the sauce, or in the case of Wendy's, what they inject into it. My leader in the clubhouse right now is the Kentucky Fried Chicken Spicy Chicken Sandwich. Well, you know, if and you're don't sleep on KFC French name, fries. If you're a restaurant with chicken in your name, then you should be near the top of the leaderboard. What's in your head podcast fun fact? Both fun hosts fact. of the What's in Your Head podcast fun fact. We both worked at Wendy's. Yes, we did. Has a spicy chicken? Has Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich gotten smaller? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Gordon and I have both worked at Wendy's. How many years did you put in under the red bonnet? Maybe a year. I put in three. I worked there all through basically my last three years of high school. It got to the point that after high school, when I left and was building ambulances, when I went through Wendy's drive-thru on lunch, they were trying to get me to come back. You know, it was two years later because, like, the management was still there. Mm-hmm. But I say all that to say this. I have dropped many a bags of chicken in my day. And mm-hmm. no, ladies and gentlemen, you don't put them, at least at Wendy's, they don't just put them in the French fry dipper like they do at PDQ, which, by the way, for a company called Pretty Darn Quick, the PDQ at Raymond James Stadium was in the weeds. How do you get in the weeds when you only serve one thing? Four-piece, five-piece chicken sandwich with or without tomato and lettuce? They got in the weeds, but that's neither here nor there. It was a nightmare to the point where like they're fighting amongst each other about orders not getting right. Once again, how you get the orders wrong and take, oh, well, you ordered a five piece. Okay, well, they throw another piece of fucking chicken in there or take the tomato and lettuce off. But anyhow, as someone who has dropped a lot of chicken, and once again at Wendy's, you don't just throw them in the French fryer. They actually have a pressure cooker, mm-hmm. much like KFC. That's one thing. If you watch the food of Built America or whatever, they show how Colonel Sanders, like, Went through like 38 different pressure cookers before he finally got it right. Wendy's has a pressure cooker too. They go back, you put the chicken in a basket, you dump it, you shut the hatch, you lock it like you're in a submarine about to get on the Davy Jones locker, and they cook it for like five minutes. Right. Back then, the chicken- It was called a Henny Penny. That was the, the, yes, the the manufacturer brand. But back then, those were some big, fat-ass chicken breasts. They had the bone removed, but they looked like almost like a heart. You know what I mean? They weren't flat. They were they they raised on the side where the bone was. They're approaching the size of a Sam's Club boneless chicken sandwich, and then boneless chicken that you get in a pack. And then obviously they would be what KFC would consider extra crispy. They were big. They were helping. And when you bit into them right after they came out of the fryer, the hot juices would come out and burn every fucking surface of your mouth. And that's the way it was. And we liked it. That's the way we preferred it. I went to Wendy's the other day and got a spicy chicken sandwich. And I am not shitting you. I looked at it because once again in our day, that bun would be all askew because the chicken was not level. It's fatter on one side. The bun would be kind of askew. And I'm looking at this thing. And the buns are making contact with the top and the bottom. I pulled the top off, and I swear to God, Gordon, the chicken sandwich was the chicken was damn near round. It was perfectly level, and it was very, very, very reminiscent of the McChicken that you get from McDonald's. You know that pressed out, scraped off the floor, made into a patty chicken sandwich that you get at McDonald's. Yeah. So, what was the texture like when you bit in? Was it extruded, or was did it pull apart like a real breast? Giant chicken nugget. That's no good. That's my point. 
the quality since Davis passed away. And I'm sure they'll say, well, with the prices of inflation in order to keep the chicken affordable, this ain't a chick. This is not a boneless deep fried chicken breast. This is a, this ain't on the 99 cent only menu. This is a giant fucking chicken nugget that was scraped off the floor, put through an extruder, squeezed together with some aggregate like you do with concrete, probably a lot of flour in there to hold it together. Maybe some cornmeal and slapped on a bun. If you want a chicken sandwich that is reminiscent of the original chicken sandwich from Wendy's, go to KFC or Popeye's Chicken because that's what they're selling you. They're selling you a whole chicken breast that will pull apart and you can see layers of ply in it as if it was a piece of plywood. The muscles. Yes. yes. The muscle fibers. Yes. You'll see the multi-layers. The, the modern day Wendy's chicken sandwich is garbage and very disappointing. But how disappointing is it to me when I go there and this happens? This is a reminder, Don. This is why you just cook at home, fella. One hundred percent. Every time I eat at a restaurant, I'm like regretting it. Yep, cook at home, and and I do that every once in a while. Like once every two months, I'll get French fries for especially, or actually once every six months, I'll go to McDonald's reluctantly, and I'll get food, and I'm like, yeah, this is why I quit going to McDonald's, and then I won't go for six months. And then I'll get like a piece of hair that's, um, what's that phrase they use for memory? Um, uh, when you think about childhood or think about the past, the phrase, that word, oh, God, I can't believe it froze up. Anyhow. Alzheimer's. No, no. close. I think it starts with an A. Um, anyhow, anyhow, when you get that hair of wanting to relive or have feelings towards the past and you want that mcdonald's it's not the mcdonald's we had it's not even the same mcdonald's it was 10 years ago it's rubbish beef and it is rubbish now before i quit eating mcdonald's mm-hmm. and i don't know if they're doing it in in your neck of the the country but all you mean the shaft pound, of the country because we are the penis of the united states i am if down if you're the penis is texas the balls yes but i'm not i'm not in the shaft i'm like I'm the ring around the mushroom because that's right around where we're at. We're like the ring on the mushroom tip. You're, you're where the foreskin used to be. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. That's where anywho. we are. Especially Chris, Chris Quentin, if he's still on here, because he lives right off Marco. And he's like he's like the hair dangling off of the ring where the foreskin used to be. <laughs> yeah. You totally wrecked me. I mean, I thought. Choo-choo. Um, it happens. Pick it up. I, okay, Pick I'm it still up. trying to think of the word that. Pick rep- it up. <laughs> Yeah, back on the scene, Chris oh, being clean. Oh, dear God. But um, yeah, I, I, it's gone. Chicken sandwiches, bad food, McDonald's, stop going. Oh, yes, McDonald's. Out here, they're doing all quarter pounders are made to order fresh off the grill. Ooh. <laughs> I tell you what, though, the difference is phenomenal. You don't have some weird half-warmed-over hockey puck. It's... They would always push you, put you out in the parking stall, and uh, that worked out. But Even I the last, crap anymore. the last good quality hamburger McDonald's put out, which was about ten years ago. Do you remember? No. The Angus Deluxe. Oh, that's back when Angus burgers were feffing everywhere. But it was fresh. It was not the half soy nonsense they kick off as real beef nowadays. Uh, that was yeah, a quality hamburger. Yep. Well, Wendy's is 100% dairy cow. There's a fun fact for you guys. Wendy's is retired dairy cows. Hey, 
They're still getting use out of them. Yep. So. Oh, no, I'm all for it, but I miss the Angus Deluxe. That was a quality hamburger. It actually had the purple onions on it instead of the yellow onions. Fresh mm. lettuce, tomato, the sesame seed bun. The hamburger itself was almost a quarter inch It was stick. a McDLT done right, not oh. separated. It was a damn good sandwich, and then they got rid of it because it wasn't cost efficient. Anyway, so, sandwiches. so you, the, the, me, the message of this story is Wendy's. You're going to have to go back to Wendy's now and try it again. Maybe you just got a one-off deal. Well, see, I, I'm trying to think of a way to do a YouTube video where it's fair. Obviously, I'd need to be able to compare all sandwiches, but it's almost like I would need to have like five drivers all go out to the destinations, get the sandwiches at once, and bring them back so they That's, all have the same life on them. Otherwise, it's not... Go to Uber Eats or DoorDash. Yeah, because otherwise, it, well, even them, they're not going to deliver the same timing's time. timing's going to be off, right? You're going yeah, to but see, that's my point. It wouldn't be fair if you go to Wendy's first and then drive and then drive. And then what time you do it, the last one you bought is going to be freshest. And the first one you bought is going to be cold. So it's almost like you're going to have to have them come to you in order to do a valid. But I guess if you're not doing a taste test or fresh test, you're simply comparing the the size and the thickness of the chicken, I guess it really wouldn't matter. Kind of like donut operators comparison of what a burger in and out in Wendy's. That was a pretty, what a burger's not even red. That's not even on oh, there. Yeah. He, he poo pooed that one pretty hard. So by the way, if anybody's watching or listening to this, who's part of the checkers franchise, the fact that you guys are all over Port Charlotte and you guys stop and didn't make your way down to Cape Coral and Fort Myers. Shame on you. Uh, I should have to drive 28 miles to get a goddamn big Beaufort sandwich. You guys have quality food. If you want to open a franchise down here, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Well, they closed all the checkers here, but then they reopened one under rallies, which I thought was an interesting rebranding move. You know, I don't know. That's a good point. I never understood how a geographical location meant that you need a different name. Now, and with the exception of odd lots, well, it's big lots here. I think it's all big lots everywhere. Now, That's what it? I was getting to. In the West Coast, it was big lots, but in Ohio and Kentucky, it was odd lots, which you know was, was funny. So they rebranded it. But yeah, so why do you need a Hardee's and a Carl's Jr.? Just make it all Hardee's or Carl's Jr. Why do you need a Checkers and a Rallies? Just make it one or the other. You'd save I a lot of money. Idea. You'd save a lot of money on branding and uh, print ad. <laughs> What are Daddios is still around? No, I think Daddios went the way they were like the the they were like the biggest competitor. Daddios was to rally slash checkers what Crystals is to White Castle. But I thought Daddios was better. I did too. We had a company down here called Juicy Lucy's, which was same type of fries, same type of thing, dual drive through only with the walk up window. I think Juicy Lucy's was better than Checkers and Rallies, but they all they they were like super small, and they all went under about three or four years ago. We you said Juicy Lucy. We got a place out here called the Loose Caboose. <laughs> That's what happens when you eat all hamburgers. You get a loose caboose. Yep. Joining us now from the Digital Four Ten West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada. Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good, but I'm thinking uh, Maxine Waters. And yes, I'm actually going to touch on some national news briefly. Maxine Waters may be wanting to just to, like like Nero with the fiddle fiddle watch Rome burn because uh, well, when you're 98, what do you got to lose, right? You've already had well, your time on the planet. Who cares about your grandkids? You got millions so, of dollars, so fuck it, right? We got a senator from California going over to um, Minnesota. And basically, in my opinion, and, and I, we don't have the drop, but if you listen, 
uh, going way further than Donald Trump ever did with the um, November or I'm sorry, January 6th debacle slash riots on the square basically saying, you know, she real close, if not going in ahead and saying we're going to have violent protest if uh, Siobhan is not committed of murder. What's the broad's name again? I just had a, a the, the whiskey. Maxine kicking. Waters. So I'm looking for the. Um, he said murder is the only thing that counts and manslaughter doesn't count because of this. Uh, because it was closing arguments today, the defense's counsel had approached the judge and said, um, yeah, we may file an appeal for a mistrial. And the judge in the case, Judge Peril Cahill, said, I'll give you that the Congresswoman Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in the whole trial being overturned. Okay, I found it. But of course, we got to wait for the pre-roll or the advertisement. So give me this 30 seconds. Yeah, this is where I'm getting. I'm going to play it off CNN, but they got their their jewelry advertisement, which I'm not getting a free plug to. So give me another, I don't know, this may be a minute long ad. It's halfway done. So now for those of you playing along at home, Maxine Waters was also the one who encouraged people to go out during Trump's administration and essentially verbally assault Republican congressmen and senators at restaurants if they saw him eating dinner. But keep the... For a guilty verdict. We're looking for a guilty verdict, and we're looking to see if all of the talk that took place and has been taking place after they saw what happened to George Floyd, if nothing does not happen, then we know uh, that we've got to not only stay in the street, but we've got to fight for justice. But I am very hopeful, and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that is say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's coming from what happens if we do not go get what you just told? What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens? What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we mean business. Now, no. let's think about that. More confrontational, more active. If we remember, is that more than last summer? Because last summer, it was very confrontational and active to the point where it was burning down private businesses. They were trying to burn cops alive inside of uh, police precincts. How much further – isn't this almost a call to, call to uh, inciting violence, what they try to get Trump on? Well, even more concerning than that, it's one thing for her to do this in her own district, in her own fucking state. Exactly. But when you're traveling across state lines, actually, nay, when you're hopping on a plane flying across the country, because she's from California, which her district is a complete shithole, mind you. Um, which, by the way, did you hear that the um, the one lady who was smart enough to register the name Black Lives Matter and run the thing, um, apparently they're getting money from China, too, and she just bought yes. like a, um, which, to be fair to her, a million five for a house in California is not a lot of money. But she did buy it like the but whitest. But by the people she don't She like. bought it in the whitest uh, area in all of L.A. But that's neither here nor there. But the fact that this chick LA. is hopping on a plane, probably even a private plane. And if not, you know, plane. No, I can't imagine her flying southwest. So you know damn well it was on a private plane to uh, basically be a rabble rouser in someone else's district. That is fucking scary. Well, according to the Cahill, the judge, he says, I wish elected officials 
would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial judicial system branch and our function. I think that if they want to give their opinions, they should do so in a respectful manner that is consistent with their oath to the Constitution to respect the, the quickly branch of government. Their failure to do so, he thinks, is abhorrent, but he doesn't think this prejudice that it's president uh, will with additional material that will pre- that'll affect basically affect the jury. He said that that the uh, a congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. But my, my thought is is if the jurors are able to see the news, which they should be sequestered and not being able to, but that doesn't mean things won't leak to them. So there's a, there's a chance where this whole thing is just gonna just gonna blow up, and that is that's not good. Well, I had a thought, but I done lost it. What was I going to say? Well, I don't know. Anywho. Moving on. Operator of a, a, a famous little restaurant we just talked about a little earlier, a Chick-fil-A, here in North Las Vegas, was arrested on felony animal cruelty charges. Well, we know they don't grow their own chicken, so what did he beat up on? On April 14th, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department says it responded to reports of shots fired at a Saxton Canyon Street in the far north part of the valley. Police say a cat was shot, killed, and left in a dumpster not far from the home. Disgusting bastard. During the investigation, police uh, said they talked to one Carl Garcia and his adult son, Logan Garcia, as well as reviewed video from a the home's backyard camera at first hoisted by their own batard and first carl garcia told officers that a cat attacked one of his dogs and wouldn't leave the yard however after reviewing the video of the backyard officers saw the both the father and his son alone with the family's three dogs and a cornered cat the arrest report said the cat was hit several times with a bat then shot with a bb gun and then a 22 oh that's what i was going to say not to take away from your animal cruelty charges don't be fooled. People who make their living off of um, trying to end racism, how mm-hmm. quickly do you think they're going to allow their career to go away? There will always be, in their eyes, and in the media's eyes, basically in, in the eyes of anybody who makes money talking about racism and how it's over the place, mm-hmm. they will never stop talking about it because then they will be out of jobs. So when their core funding comes from quote unquote fighting racism. Racism will racism will always be around until those people lose their jobs. So people like her, it, it they'll always have something to talk about because they need something to talk about because that's where they get their money. It's insane. Well Carl Garcia was arrested on a felony charges of willful mis- malicious torture or killing of a cat, animal, or five counts of discharging a gun where others might be endangered, conspiracy to kill, maim, disfigured, poison animal of another, and destroy and conceal evidence. And the son was arrested on very similar charges. So I hope they throw not just a book, but every book in the whole um, Reagan library at them. Why did I say Reagan library? Because it just seems like it would have a lot of books. Yeah. Um, something else in Las Vegas that, that's going to be popping up, and it's Bitcoin ATMs. We have one here on uh, you know? at the BP gas station on Del Prado. Actually, one of the things we do at At Computers, that's right, At Computers has been uh, bringing IT solutions for all Southwest Florida since 2004. If you need any work on your computers, networks, 
etc. Video cameras, give them a call at 239-283-1120. They can also help you two-form authentication, online backups, antivirus, etc. Give them a call at 239-283-1120. And even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can help you remotely. They can, uh, with your assistance, through their website, log on your computer and handle all your problems. Give them a call at 239-283-1120. But one of the things we do from time to time, um, when we have an opening in our schedule, we'll do what's called a national account jobs. And these are big companies who provide managed services for corporations from different states, but then whenever they need boots on the ground, they'll put out a work order. Basically, they'll hire people local to go do the work. And I've looked at, but I haven't gone I haven't gone as far as requesting a job where basically you go out, your job is to uncrate the Bitcoin ATM machine, bring a hammer drill, drill holes into the concrete, put the uh, piece of all thread in there, cut it off, put the ATM on the all thread, bolt it down, make sure it has internet connection, fire it up, then call the tech support company who then remote into it, make sure everything was working. And there's been four or five of them around Southwest Florida um, being installed throughout the area. So they're popping up. Why would you use all thread? Not a a drop-in anchor with a it could be drop an anchor. I, once again, I haven't done the job. I've just read the scope of work real quick. But basically to bolt <laughs> it to the floor. Anyway, the concept is simple. It's similar to your regular ATM, right? Uh, except you exchange cryptocurrency like Bitcoin for dollars. And you could go the other direction. According to uh, Chris McCallery, the founder of Las Vegas-based CloudCoin, I'm sorry, CoinCloud, the concept is, uh, you know, his business is the world's largest network of two-way digital currency kiosk with over 2,000 worldwide, including 16 here in the Vegas Valley. But in the next uh, few months, he's expecting everything to just grow by thousands. He, he's expecting to go roughly from roughly 2,000 a day to 10,000 by the end of the year. What's the um, cryptocurrency that Elon Musk is, is artificially inflating? Dogecoin? I was just at a, a party the other night where someone was proudly announcing that they just dropped five hundred dollars to buy thirteen hundred shares of it at the thing at the time it was thirty two cents a share but now it's like done twenty one cents but I don't know I mean of course you have the success stories of the people who got in it early and sold at the right time who made a couple grand or even a million but do you feel like he's artificially inflating it by tweeting about it it's marketing right uh, I guess what, how you get things to grow as you market. And, uh, do you uh, would? I guess the question is: Do you feel confident enough that you would drop five hundred bucks on it? Yeah, let's see how it plays out in the next month. You know. Yeah, but by then it could be up. It could be up a dollar fifty, a dollar fifty a share or more. I think one of our listeners actually has has uh, bought into the Dogecoin. Really? But uh, seen it, seen some posts. Nice. Um, be very interesting to see. But one of the big reasons for Vegas is because the international tourism, of course, which is coming back. EDC is actually scheduled to uh, happen. It's been turned down by the state for their, their plan. But by the time it goes on, it should be pushed down to the county level anyway, because as of May 1st, uh, the counties will be responsible. And then hopefully June 1st, everything will be back. But this would be the biggest gathering in the Las Vegas Valley in well over a year with over 200,000 people up at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway for a couple of few nights of EDC music and all the shenanigans that go along with it. 
This particular person bought it through Robinhood and was very proud of that. And, I'm like, and Robinhood was in some trouble, too. Well, I was like, well, Robinhood, I said, isn't that the one who was selling people's GameStop stocks without their permission? Well, they inflated it. It's in, It was insane. I know, but then they turned well, around they, and they were selling it off so they could, because of the whole debacle, but they weren't. The they weren't, debacle was they stopped allowing people to buy it. Not only did they stop allowing to buy it, but they turned around and start selling it off from their users without asking them. Oh, wow. I didn't see that part. Yeah. That would be, that would be amazing. And then one real quick one out of Burlington, Vermont on the AP. Burlington Coat Factory. They are more than great coats. Vermont's largest city is banning something that a lot of us, especially out on the West Coast, find as a, uh, as problematic. Print pornography? No, the, oh. banning the use of loud gas-powered leaf blowers. The city council passed a phased-in ban this week. Uh, the Burlington Pre- Free Press reported it mandates moving to quieter electric-powered leaf blowers, which will require be required for all municipal departments in August. All businesses and Burlington residents will be required to comply by the end of May 2022. Gas-powered blowers operate at about 90 decibels and can be, cause hearing damage after two hours of exposure, according to the United Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Yes, evidently, they, they are into, like, listening to leaf blowers too not just diseases and the gas engine contributes to air pollution in residential neighborhoods i don't disagree with that are they presenting an alternative electric i'm sure with battery technology you could get a well i was gonna say if they're trying to outlaw outlaw leaf blowers altogether nope they're going to restrict the noise of electric leaf blowers to 65 decibels no i just had a thought though if they were i think because like california technically they're illegal but because of the people who use them they don't want to go after them right but i was laughing have you ever been a mechanic shop and see the the um tire blasters it's basically a tank with a nozzle on it so they they can go and try to inflate a tire on a rim or whatever So whenever you have these environmental laws, you get the rednecks, right? The arm rolling coal, and they're just doing it to piss off the Prius drivers and the environmentalists. 100%. So you live in a town where they're outlawing leaf blowers altogether. I can just see those guys going on Amazon and buying those fucking tanks, filling them up and going out and <laughs> to blow their leaves around, going back in and filling them back up. <laughs> it would serve no purpose other than to, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> it's just so... They always do that shit. I could see those things would be flying off the shelves. Everybody would be buying those in like 100-pound pancake air compressors to fill those damn things up. Or even trying to get T-shirt cannons and like retrofit in the front of those things to be like leaf blowers and filling those up. Boom. (laughs) Just a thought. That's a good one. Interesting. (laughs) That's all I've got for the news this evening. That's all he's got for the news. That means I got to hit this button right here. This concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. Thank you, Gordon, and I think that is going to about wrap it up for this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. And as I said before, um, head over to d-410.com, and please click on that orange Patreon link. And if you're doing it from your um, smartphone or mobile device, scroll down to the bottom, click on the orange Patreon link, sign up. It's a dollar a month. And Gordon, we have been very lax and reluctant and slacking in our duties to get an OG5 podcast up. We need to get one of those done. I have a World War II reenactment this weekend, so I probably won't be able to get one done there. Or maybe I'll Hit record on one there. This weekend. We'll but we've got to get some uh, 
quality content up there. And if you also head over to d-410.com, you can find links to all of our social media pages as well as email us. We want to hear from you. Uh, thoughts, suggestions, tell us to fuck off. Whatever you want to tell us, email us at info at d-410.com and uh, all that good stuff. Tell us what you have to say. And if you go to d-410.com, there is a page that says social media. That'll take you to our Facebook, TikTok, Twitter accounts, YouTube, YouTube, Patreon, and my Venmo page. And by the way, shout out to YouTube. We definitely have a larger audience on YouTube than we do YouTube. But not to sleep on YouTube. We just hit 401 subscribers on YouTube. So we're getting close to that thousand marker. But as it always happens, whenever we get close to accomplishing something on social media, they always move the goalpost. So if you want to help us get to that 1,000 yard line before they move the goalposts. Head over to d-410.com, click on that social media link, and go like, subscribe, and share us with your friend on YouTube. And you can see my lo- my recent post of my Savage Anywhere races where I'm kicking my own ass, doing um, out ridiculous exercises, as well as uh, rucking. For those of you who don't know what rucking is, that's when you put a weighted vest on, like a carrier plate with weights on it, and you go out and run lots of miles, and it sucks. And so I did that. But anyhow, on behalf of Gordon Abernathy, Michael Harris, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have you on again, my friend, and might even do a OG5 podcast with you, or I might have him on Fail to Fail because he's got a lot to talk about, and um, I think he'd be good for a long-form interview, do like an hour and a half with him on Fail to Fail podcast, or maybe even What's in your, what's the Scuttlebutt podcast since he is a veteran, and him and Jeff would get along quite well. But thank you guys so much for Gordon, myself, and Michael. We will talk to you guys next week. This has been a Digital 410 production.